You're listening to the Oversell Podcast, and I'm the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. And there's only one podcast that I know of that's as good as gold. It is episode 45, and we are talking to the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. We are talking to Dustin Baker, the commissioner of MEW, and talking all things professional wrestling. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. <laughs> and we are here <laughs> to talk some professional wrestling. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. Uh, you can follow me. I am at Derek Oversell, D-E-R-I-C-K Oversell. At One Dangerous Dan, Dan is not here tonight, but I'll go ahead and plug his Twitter form and Facebook.com slash Dangerous Dan Matthews. At WolfMike23. Another great week of wrestling for me. Uh, it started actually Sunday. I got to go to my first actual all-in-all wildfire wrestling show over at Minglewood Hall. I've been to one. I beat you. Yeah. You, you're just a better wrestling fan than I am. <laughs> but, man, I, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I think I was just less lazy that day. Well, I th- I th- yeah. Well, it's nice that I had to work that <laughs> night. Otherwise, I would have gotten to go. Um, before we get started, before I talk about the card, I want to give a special shout out to Terrence Ward. Um, he it, he works so hard over there at Wildfire Wrestling, and not only is he the ring announcer, and he uh, he does a lot of the social media for it. You know, he was doing periscopes, taking pictures, talking to people on periscope about how the show was. And I mean, he, he not only is he a great announcer, but he's getting the whole social media down for it. And it was a really fun show. It opened up with Precious versus Dazzler. And <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You, you never really get used to Dazzler or to Precious. Precious, yeah. Um, he came out wearing a pink wig. And he had this little robe on, and then under that was like this negligee type thing, and then his wrestling trunks <laughs> and his, you know, his entrance. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's so different, <laughs> and, and that's that's when you're a wrestler, that's great because you're talking about him right now. I know exactly. So pressure, and then Dazzler comes out, and Dazzler has an awesome entrance with the techno music, lasers. I love that emblem he has. And then he comes out and he's a masked wrestler, and, and the guy can go. Yeah. Um, so notes of I had from the match: uh, Dazzler's entrance is awesome. Uh, Precious, pretty agile for a guy his size. He can he can fly yeah. a little bit. He can move. Yeah, he, he, quick. Like I said, great great flying he did. Um, and then uh, Dazzler won with a beautiful fl- frog splash. <clears throat> After that, we had. Uh, Komodo versus Action Jackson, and Komodo is this masked wrestler that's supposed to be a ninja. And I'm okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a guy that looks like me underneath a mask <laughs> that is not Asian whatsoever. <laughs> but he took on Action Jackson, and I love watching Action Jackson get to wrestle. I've only seen him the once, but I, this is I the, was impressed. I think this is like the third or fourth time I've gotten to see him wrestle because he's done some stuff with MEW and. Uh, 
Jackson cut a promo, and he wanted to thank everyone, but because of us, he had a small role, and I don't know if this is kayfabe or not, he had a small role in Batman vs. Superman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, he, get the, he gets the crowd into the matches. When I say action, you say Jackson. Action, Jackson, action, Jackson. It, it, people love it. Um, Komodo in the match, and I, I, I heard someone else say this as I was typing out, but he threw some chops in it. And they were very reminiscent of a Tojo Yamamoto chop. Ooh. And they, yeah, you got that reverberation going on throughout the arena when he did it. I mean, it's kind of like, it sounded almost like in Lucha Underground. When they give a slap or something, man, that, for some reason, it's a lot louder. And I love uh, Action Jackson's finisher. It's, it's just crazy. And Action Jackson is awesome. I got to talk to him on the show. We're or after the sh- his match, and we're going to have him on the show here in a little bit. Sweet. You know, it's interesting that he wrestles in the little uh, water apparatus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match, Van Horn versus Bishop K. Van Horn is from right here in Bartlett, Tennessee. We're going to get him over from the show one day. I know this area where. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're getting to know it. Yeah. And then uh, this is my first time getting to see um, uh, Bishop Cage. I've never gotten to see He wrestles over at RSWF Saturdays off Perkins Road. Um, and, man, he is an intimidating dude. Just big, barrel-chested, carries this gigantic chain out that, like... Like you know, Rampage? He, well, he, he he has it more wrapped around his fist. So Okay, so a bit more intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, at the beginning, uh, Bishop Cage asked, told him, told the ref... And I thought this was a great heel move to check Van Horn's back for anything, you know, just really being annoying. <laughs> uh, Cage, another note I have, um, he threw some hard chops too. And maybe it was just where they were. Everything was echoing well. Um, Good acoustics. Yeah. And they were, I mean, they were resonating. Uh, Van Horn, uh, he's, you know, he has a very old school type of working that he does you know he's more like a traditional memphis wrestler he uh you know he's not it's not flashy it's not uh high flying you know it's get you to the ground make you suffer you know let you let let him back up so you can do it again um and then bishop cage to win gave him this spear and I'm surprised they didn't go through the ring <laughs> when he gave that spear, but it was an awesome match. Uh, after this, after actually, um, I'm, uh, I have my notes are a little messed up. After Precious' match, he lost to Dazzler, right? Okay. They had Antonio Garza come out to the ring um, to talk about he won the uh, Southern Heavyweight Classic. And Antonio was cutting a promo, and Precious comes back out. Okay. He's got this oversized Valentine's Day card and a box of chocolates, and he asked Antonio Garza to be his Valentine. A little it, late, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was February. The card was called Heartbreakers. Okay. Um, Still a couple weeks late. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so Antonio Garza says, I can't accept this, rips the card up, doesn't take the chocolates, and he says, I can't do this, and Precious says, I'm going to make you pay. Well, then Antonio Garza stays out there, and it starts talking a little more. Chris Lex comes out. And Chris Lex is upset because he was not invited to the Southern Heavyweight Classic and he felt disrespected by it and wanted a match against Antonio Garza to prove that I can hang with you. Understandingly so. And he said, okay, you got it. Well, next match on the card was Big Bad Brown, who is formerly Mike Anthony, 
who and he took on a new guy uh, by the name of Carlos Rios. Um, Big Bad Brown, before the match, did his own introduction and said he weighed 500 pounds. Okay. I don't weigh 500 pounds. Next to uh, Mike I Anthony, he looks like he weighs less than I do. If you, <laughs> there's no way, but so you know he's just doing a great heel promo. They start off with some awesome chain wrestling, just moving quick, 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 quick. Uh, Big Brad Brown was getting good heat with the crowd throughout the whole show. Uh, Brown hit this clothesline that turned Carlos Rios inside out. Rios sold his ass off for him, and it's just a beautiful looking closed um, line. Some point in the match, Brown hit uh, a really nice belly to belly suplex, and I love those type of suplexes because if you do it right, they just look right perfect. Right. And then Carlos Rios finished him off with a 450 sl- splash, which, like, when those are hit beautifully, it just it's incredible that men can rotate their body enough. And then, and then anybody la- can. And then anybody can. And then when they land, you know, their chest landing chest to chest, you yeah. know, it's imper- it, it's crazy. After that, we got the a new feature for Wildfire Wrestling called In the Studio with R and D. Hell yeah! And they came out and. Called themselves the Power Couple in Wrestling. Um, they they started also talking about I think uh, um, they talked about uh, what was his name? Golly, I'm f- um, Raphael <laughs> talked about his match at the Southern Heavyweight Classic and how Brian Christopher okay. cost him that match. Okay. And he said, you know, Brian Christopher's not here tonight, so they brought out his old tag team partner, Tony Williams. And they had Tony Williams come out. Tony Williams told us, like, hey, I'm, I'll fight you if I have to, blah, blah, blah. Well, he got his butt kicked in. <laughs> and uh, R&D, you know, laughed about it and said that this is their new show and, you know, just being perfect heels. Well, after that, Chris Lex versus Antonio Garza. And you know right. how you know I'm you know who my boy is. Oh yeah, it's Chris he, Lex. He mentioned it, it a yeah. few times. Chris, he he connects with the crowd. That no matter where he is, he's always ready to go. He has followers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean devoted fans that will follow him wherever. When I was walking through, I saw his wife and I saw another lady. I'm like, wait a minute, Chris Lex is going to be here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, great match. Uh, and Garza is great in the ring. Yes, Garza is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Precious interfered and beat them both up, and he came through <laughs> on Precious. He came through on the, his promise of, "I was I was going to come." I told you you don't you don't mess with Precious. You don't break my heart or whatever. And <laughs> next up was uh, Duke versus Redrick Red Rum. Man, <laughs> uh, Duke Duke took caught a caught a whooping, <laughs> and um, he took a clothesline. And nose got busted. It's not broken, from what I've heard. He's fine, uh, but he was bleeding a lot, and like they had to stop to get someone out to clean up some of the blood. And oh wow! Before the match, before the next match, which was Jerry Lawler and the American Gladiator Maverick, they took on Raphael King and jo- the All Star All Pro Josh Crow. Uh, R and D comes out and they cut a promo. Is that blood in the ring? That's great because we're going to add to it, and it was an awesome promo. <laughs> and Josh All Pro, the All Star All Pro Josh Crow comes out and um, says, "You know what? I'm going to add to that puddle too. 
I'm going to put some over here and just start pointing all over the arena. I'm going to be sure there's blood all over this arena. It's going to be Jerry Lawler's blood. And I was like, this is, <laughs> you know, that's that's just great quick work of yeah. using your environment and being quick-witted enough to come up with a program. When I walk, well, look at Maverick, it, once he gets a little more experience under his belt, I could see him in NXT. He has that kind of look that Vince likes. Dude is definitely cute. got the size. He has the size. You know, if Vince saw this guy, go ahead and cue up the old gif of him or the meme of him, you know, looking around and all of a sudden yeah, gyrating, yeah. falling out of his chair and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, R&D, when they work, they're, they get, they're just so heelish. Awesome, right? Yeah, and it, it's it's exactly what you what his role should be, and he he talked a lot of shit. Maverick kept calling um, Devin, yeah, a skank, and all that stuff, <laughs> and you know she's just by, digging into it even more, right? Um, Raphael King and Josh Crow get the win, and Raphael gets on the mic, starts talking trash more, and Brian Christopher comes out. And gives him catches him with a good whooping, and then the show leaves with Brian Christopher doing the old too cool dance. Oh, yeah, a classic, classic. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I was kind of nervous when the seat was general admission because I was like, "Great, I'm gonna have to stand up and watch this wrestling show." But they actually had chairs out. It, the oh, venue yeah. looked great. Uh, people get out there and support Memphis wrestling. We're gonna have R and D on before the next um, uh, wildfire show. wildfire show. Hopefully, we, I'd love to set it. I'd love to get both of them on at the same time, live mic, like we did Duke with and uh, Mo last week, yeah. and just sit around and talk to him because I think they could tell some great stories. I was really, I really, any time, you know, he's a he's a star. Yeah, you go to see, you go to a show, you want to see him get his butt kicked. I was impressed. You know, the first time I saw him at Wildfire, I mean, I gave him like superstar the week that week, and yeah. it was it was great. I mean, they're just a great heat tagging couple. They they get it. Yeah. They do, and Wildfire has so many stars, and it's a, you know, it's one of the it's one of the top companies in Memphis. You know, they don't run as often as I'd like. I'd love to see every other week, but I know you know it's hard for someone. I think R and D is from Atlanta. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, or something like that. But I think it's hard. You know, it's. I know. It's, I know they travel I right mean, all around. Yep, and, and you know it's just hard to get all those guys together, and it's hard to it's hard it's hard to run a wrestling show because it's not like. You know, when we read our Memphis superstars, our Memphis moments. Yeah. I mean, they're not bringing in 3,500 week, <laughs> exactly. 3,500 yeah. people a week. And, you know, it's great. But a great show. Like I said, a shout-out to Kevin Lawler. Shout-out to um, our R&D. Anyone involved with Wildfire Wrestling. Shout-out to Terrence Ward. I got to talk to him for a couple of minutes after the show because um, he was sending out a tweet. And I sent, I sent a response like, hey, the guy in the Bullet Club shirt is pretty cool. And, <laughs> he found me and we talked for a second. So shout out to Terrence, man. Thank you so much. Uh, look, we're going to get you on the show here at some point. I got to go through our schedule, get things on. In a minute here, we're going to be joined by the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. Um, Good just, friend of the show. Yeah, just see what he's go- what he's got going on. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about Raw this week, about how flat it was. He's going to call in about three minutes. I think I can cover my thoughts on Raw this past week in three minutes because okay. it just it was flat. There was there was a lot going on the week before. And even then, after the whole Shane McMahon thing, it kind of went flat. I mean, there was no... Yeah. The Dean Ambrose stuff was good with um, <laughs> Brock just stepping on his face, which, like, how many people just, <laughs> when someone's upset you, you just wanted to step on their face? Well, Brock got to do that to somebody. 
But like you had the Undertaker come back and you promoted his appearance all week. Oh, we I and talked it, about this with my friend Vince. And it, it it just he comes out and that's all you get. Yeah, like they hyped it as soon as the Shane announcement was made. They hyped Undertaker returning, and you know the crowd there was so hot and excited. <laughs> And he comes out and he gives you that quick little promo. Yeah, his entrance, honestly, was longer than the amount of time he was in the ring. And Tatum32 in the uh, chat room says, agreed. I mean, it's just... And another thing about Raw is it seemed like a McMahon was on it <laughs> every segment yeah. of the show, to me at least. Yeah. you know, I do like the promo that heel Stephanie cut. That was good, yeah. I, she is, you know, a lot of heels can learn how to work a mic like her. I thought that was kind of a, a high point of it. But, man, it's just a, that three-hour Raw is just hard to get through. What was the main event? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a main event. I'm sure there was. Well, oh, Triple H came out and uh, beat up Dean Ambrose, right? It was Dean Yeah, that's Ambr- what it was. Dean Ambrose versus, like, somebody in the League of Nations, but the entire league was out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now they had this roadblock – Coming out, it, it's it's a lot. It, they're doing kind of like the Madison Square Garden thing, right? But you know, shouldn't you have worked towards this build first and then use that to build up WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, we've got DNA. I mean, they've knocked out Reigns for a while, you know, with the the beat down, and then now ever since Triple H has won the title, he's been pulling a Brock Lesnar and not defending it until he wants, basically. Yeah, and. uh yeah, it's just it's just flat. It just it wasn't the good. divas. It's still up in the air of who's going to face Charlotte. I mean, we all know it's going to be a triple threat. Yeah, and anyway. that was actually that was a great match. I yeah. enjoyed that match, and that's I'm glad they got that gave the divas that finish was I liked it. I really liked it. I think it was smart. Um, and George in the chat room breaks it down perfectly. Everyone knows I love Sasha. But did Becky fart to knock her out? She sold a phantom move. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's supposed to be something else there. <laughs> like maybe maybe it was the finally the effects of the um of the headbutt or something. Yeah. I don't know. But that was kind of I, I still like the finish, the the draw. You know, they probably could have done something to where they did a double count out or something along right. those lines. But the the turnbuckle power bomb roll up into the fart knockout. Yeah, <laughs> just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um. And then they're having another match tonight on SmackDown that'll be coming on here soon. Yeah, but we already know how that ends. You know, and I, you know, I actually got to start watching SmackDown. I think because I hear Mauro Ronaldo is tearing it up on the commentary table over there, and that's it. You know, that's another thing that doesn't help these Raws out. Like Becky, JBL, in the match with Becky said Becky did a T-bone suit, or you know, was it a pump handle T-bone or something? No, it was a T-bone. On Sasha, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's her, her move. She always on his back. JBL's like Becky used her his own move against her. Like uh, JBL, that makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. You fucking moron. And I and I hate to cuss you, JBL, because I know you in real life. If you saw me, you would probably hit me really hard for saying something like that. <laughs> but like, it just didn't make sense. And this is gonna be the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. Welcome to the Oversell Podcast. Is this the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony? It is. It is. Hey, man, how you doing? 
Rocking and rolling. How you doing? Oh, man, we're just over here trying to knock out some audio whoop-ass. It's just me and Mike tonight. Um, Dan is out cavorting with his old wrestling friends and, you know, left us in the dust. Right. So what's what's been new going on with you since the last time we talked talk to you? I just, as Hulk Hogan would say, banging and clanging. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many titles are you still holding up there in Dyersburg? I'm just, just, but it's probably the biggest championship I've ever held. I'm the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. Man, congratulations on that. When did you win it? I won it January 30th from uh, John. Hello? You there? Did you hear me? I said I won it January 30th from John Saxon. Cool. Cool. Well, what else have you been up to lately, man? How much how much uh, wrestling you been doing? Uh, I stay pretty busy. The biggest thing we got coming up is the um, you know the Parade of Champions WrestleMania week in Earth. and um, then the Cauliflower Alley stuff in Vegas again this year. Obviously. Cool. How did these shows at the casinos go? They went uh, they went really well. Um, very, uh, very excited about that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's something completely different than most people do. So, I mean, the casino stuff is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, was Moose there? Moose was there. He's a he's a gigantic man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a walking beast. Yeah, he's he's a hoss for sure. I mean. Very nice guy too. Very approachable, you know. Of course, he, you know, he's only been wrestling a few years. You know, he's very respectful. So I mean, uh, one of the success that he's had. Very, very good guy. Awesome. Um, well, Greg, what else has been up, man? I feel like we haven't talked to you in a while, and you know, you know, you got. I know, I know. You got the best goatee or the best beard in the business right now, if you ask me. I. I would tend to agree with that myself. <laughs> and I was in Vegas last year. You know, I had beer was smaller, but I still had the blonde in it. And uh, people in Vegas were stopping me, like not in the wrestling part, like out in Vegas. People were stopping me to take pictures and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I think I found. I think I found it. I think I found the niche that I've been looking for." <laughs> Well, besides, how how much wrestling do you get to watch, other than um, what's got this great stuff y'all are doing up there in NWA Mid South? Well, it just kind of goes in spurts. I mean, we travel some. You know, obviously in the past year, I've been in California and Texas and the Carolinas and things like that. But with, um, with NWA Mid South being the main focus and the NWA in general being the main focus, I try to stay um, I try to stay as close to NWA Mid South as I can. Um, with the national title, obviously, I'll be picking up more stuff around NWA, um, which should be really good for everybody. That's great. Do you get to watch like other televised stuff, like New Japan or Lucha or any of that other stuff? Oh yeah, I watch. I watch all of it. I watch. I watch uh, Japan. I watch Lucha Underground. I watch WWE. Obviously, um, the only thing I'm not really up to see on is TNA, just because I don't get hot. And, uh, been my problem too. Well, TNA also has a long history with me of me giving them a chance and then blowing it a lot of times. <laughs> I uh, don't, 
I hardly ever watch TNA, and I hear the only thing that's worth watching in that company is Ethan Carter the third. Yeah, they, they got yeah, Mike Bennett, Maria now really well. too. I think he's doing really well too. I think he's he's a guy that is very smart. You know, he's he's kept himself relevant for the last twenty years, and that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'd like to see one more run of him in the WWE myself. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's everybody's thing is they want they always want these guys to have one more good run. I mean, you know, got my my biggest regret as a wrestling fan was always that. Sting never went, right? Yep. So right. Sting went, and I, I was at WrestleMania last year, so I got to see Sting's first match in WWE, which was amazing to me. Wow. And uh, now my thing is, now that Sting's been there, I want Kurt Angle to go back. <laughs> That's yep. my biggest thing oh, as a wrestling yeah. fan now. Is I, I want Kurt Angle to go back because he's actually wrestled longer for TNA than he has WWE at this point, and that kind of upsets me. Yeah, Engel's yeah. always been one of my favorites. He's top three easy for me. Oh yeah, I mean he's and he's he's, he's even legitimate. Yeah, go ahead. I said he's legitimate. I mean he can talk. He can obviously tear the house down. I mean he's just he's one of my ultimate favorites, obviously. And um, I would love to see him back. And because it's all about dance partners, and there's so many new dance partners that he can work with. Mm. there now i mean just just thinking about kurt angle and um dolph ziggler you know mm-hmm. is interesting kurt angle and seth Rollins at some point that's you know that's even what kurt, Ang- kurt angle and brock now oh, yeah. with the with the uh the new stories to tell there i mean that would be well, amazing too and you know what i think <clears throat> um and someone in our chat room says this, bring back Team Angle, but I think you could bring Kurt Angle in, and that would help you br- bring up the American Alphas to the main roster and make it like yeah. Team Angle 2.0 or something like that. Did, did you uh, see what he said in an interview recently, how he would, he wants to bring back Team Angle? And he actually mentioned doing it with uh, Jordan and uh, – what's the other guy's name? I can't think. Gable. Yeah, Gable. That's, that's the yeah. American Alphas. Yeah. So he actually yeah, said that, that – they're, That's they're really good too. I mean, Gable is is really really good. I got to watch and him he, when he they did um, NXT when NXT came to Memphis, and it was mind blowing watching him wrestle. Yeah, he's and you know he's he's got it. You know he's he's in the same mold as for an angle. He's a legitimate guy, and even though he's smaller and he wasn't a heavyweight wrestler, but I mean he's he's definitely somebody that um, has some credibility. So I mean. I think he loves the business, too. I can see, by the way, you know, sometimes you can just see, by the way, people talk and people interact, that they've watched wrestling their whole lives, and I, I, I get the feeling that he was that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I do, I do too. I do, I, And I get that from both of them. I think Jordan is just as committed as Gable is. Gable is just a little more, has a little bit more, what's the word? The it factor. It may be more charisma, I think, to him when he wrestles. He just He's a charismatic guy. Yeah, Jordan's starting to come out of the show a little bit, but I, you know he's still kind of bland on some some fronts. I, I, Abel's Gable too, being as small as he is, when he bumps, you can see him bump with sympathy. Yes, which is something that's, that's really hard to teach guys. Um, you know, Ricky Morton obviously being one of the greatest sellers of all time. Ricky Steamboat's another one. You know, Brad Armstrong. 
you know, a lot of those guys, when they bumped, they bumped with sympathy that were people were like, oh, oh, please, that guy. You know what I mean? Oh, don't beat him up anymore. I, please get up, you know? And uh, I see Gable kind of having that same um, that same thing. Yeah, I do too. Um, what do you think about what the uh, New Japan is doing over there with Kenny Omega? Uh, he's he's definitely a he's a brash young man, isn't he? He he very he is he is. I tell you what, though, I don't know if you guys have ever put this together. Okay, I I love Meatloaf the singer. <laughs> I love meatloaf to food. When they, when they, I, I love meatloaf, and the guy that wrote all his songs is a guy named Jim Steinman, right? And Jim Steinman is a very unique character in himself. I want you to go on Google and look up a picture of Jim Steinman and then put it next to a picture of Kenny Omega's look today. I, for, for some reason, I am almost 99.9% sure that's where he got his look from. Hmm. Well, who else do you like over there? In Neutral- it, or go ahead. It's the weirdest coincidence I've ever seen in my life because it is almost a dead ringer. Okay, Mike's looking that up. Who else are you liking over? What do you? What else do you like over there in New Japan? Me, I'm a Shibata guy. When someone asks me about New Japan, I have to mention Shibata because that dude is a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, him and uh, Ishii, right? Is yep. that name? Yeah. Oh my God, that was one of the. The yeah, that match they had at Wrestle Kingdom ten. Woo. Those kicks, the headbutts. I mean, they're just Okay, I've pulled up the pictures. Yeah, that's that's uncanny. <laughs> that's amazing. What uh what event you got coming up out there, bud? He's got the he's got the gloves on too. If you look, Simon he played Simon's such a weird cat. He plays piano with with these big leather gloves on, and you know Omega, you know wears the gloves too. And he's got the gray in his hair, and Jim Simon's got gray. In his. It's just it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I've never even you know like known the the Steinman guy, but yeah, just scrolling through pictures, that's yeah, it's wicked. But, yeah, that is fine. you know, New Japan stuff, I mean, I like what Kenny Omega's in. I like, I was, obviously, my favorite was Nakamura. So, I mean, I'm very excited about him coming. Me too. Uh, I, to me, NXT TakeOver Dallas is shaping up to be, and I and I hate to be this way. I really hate to be this way, but it's looking like NXT is going to outshine another top four pay-per-view again this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, that card that they're putting together for uh, for NXT is going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, uh, and we were talking right before you got on, like uh, you know, these three hour Raws, like this past Raw, I thought, with the exception of maybe um, Becky and Sasha and the, the Steph- Stephanie promo. promo, the show was just flat. Yeah, that's that's kind of what happened. I mean, I mean, what do three hours? Three hours is a long time to sit through anything. Yes, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't even see any of the Lord of the Rings in theaters just because I knew I couldn't <laughs> sit through a movie that long without hitting the pause. Yeah, I mean, it's like you—it's like every Monday night you have to sit down and watch, you know, the movie Lincoln again or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's just with so much 
talent, they should be able to do more. You know, it's just um, yeah. Well, I mean, like you, know, it, you see what it, Kevin it, Owens said. It, he wants to. He would like to see another brand split. And yeah, to be honest, I haven't watched SmackDown in a long time, and I kind of felt I always felt like I was missing something when I didn't watch SmackDown. And now that I'm not watching it, I'm not missing anything because they don't they don't make you want to watch it. They don't say, hey, this is going to happen on SmackDown. You should watch it. The continuance of the story is going to happen on SmackDown. They just kind of, well, SmackDown is just another show we have. You can watch it. You cannot. It doesn't really matter. But everything else is going to happen on Raw. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, barely, so, it's barely just the runover of Raw every week. Yeah, yeah. Just... It, it, we were talking earlier before you came on. So much talent now. It, it, it's almost more of a necessity than it would be anything else. Right. And we were talking before you came on, and you have a three-hour Raw, but you get Undertaker for two minutes after you've been promoting him heavily during All the week. week. Say that again. We, uh, we were talking before you came on, and you had the, you've been promoting The Undertaker pretty much all week long he comes in he does his minute and a half entrance talks for 30 seconds and then walks right out of the rings yeah just doesn't make sense you have the time to fill don't don't promote the undertaker and then give him to me for 30 seconds i want a good long promo of what why he's going to do this to shane yeah call me crazy i'm sure we'll get a little bit of story but well, I think they said Shane's going to be on Raw this next week, yeah. so you know we'll get a good promo from him. But this, you know, it's, it's this WrestleMania build just doesn't seem like they're really trying to make this the biggest WrestleMania of all time. I can only guess that some things just fell through. Like they've asked for bigger names and they can't get them. Well, Greg, what in, what uh what events you got coming up up there up in the NWA Mid South? I was got um <clears throat> this weekend. Well, there's there's a, a manager and Christopher White who has decided that I should not be in the sport of professional wrestling. So what he's doing is he's um, trying to rid me, rid the wrestling world of me. So he's worrying the guys trying to get rid of me, and so far, fingers crossed. I've been able to uh, to beat each of his opponents. But this week he has a man by the name of Wild Bill, who is 400 pounds. And he's coming to, to squash me. Okay. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I put on Facebook earlier, I said, how do you body slam a 400-pound man? <laughs> <laughs> Answer: you, you don't. You drop him in the face. So, <laughs> I think that's going to be my strategy going into it. You know, I mean, uh, we don't. I don't really know a lot about the guy, but I just he just looks like I said, he's four hundred pounds. He, he wears this kind of weird mask thing, and you know, he's got a big bull rope. So I really don't know what to expect. It's probably going to be a, a wild ride. No pun intended. <laughs> well, you got any other shows coming up? It's just a parade of champions stuff. We've got parade of champions, which is March 31st in Fort Worth. That's going to be a huge show with all the, the top NWA talent. We'll be on it. So I'm just going to need to. And then um, 
think it's April 11th, April 11th in Vegas, uh, the 51st CAC. So the Principal Brow show there. And uh, I believe I'm working Jason Kincaid. Cool. So that's going to be an awesome thing, too. All right. Well, where can folks find you in the awesome world of social media? Well, of course, on on Facebook, I'm the Golden Boy Green Anthony. You can find me there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at NWA Golden Boy. And then uh, if you want to follow NWA Mid-South stuff, NWA Mid-South on Facebook and at NWA underscore Mid-South on Twitter. All right. Any names coming through NWA Mid-South here soon? Uh, we don't have anything on deck yet, but we'll be bringing, you know, bringing guys. We had, you know, Lance Hoyt and um, – Baby Boy Smith Jr., you know, killer release squad. We had them not too long ago. We always had Rob Conway come through. We've had, um, you know, Japan, Wantanabe. Remember Wantanabe from Ring of Honor in Japan? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just have a lot of guys. We, we try to keep as much going. We're, we try to be, we try to give the fans of the environment as much, as many different faces as we can. In a weekly show, you know, we try to we try to spread it out. Some, you know? Is the Empire still together out there? Yeah, yeah, we're we're together. The uh, Rob Conway and Max were there on the Iron Empire, and they're the tag team champions. And then myself and Tim Storm, he's the North American Heavyweight Champion. I'm the National Heavyweight Champion. So the Empire is very. Um, and we're we're a lot heavier these days. That's awesome. With all the with all the gold around our waist and all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite um, images will always be that, that when Evolution was at its peak and every person had a title, yeah. and they just could they didn't even have to say anything. They just came out, stood on the ramp with the music playing, holding those belts, and it was a pretty awesome sight. If you if you go to my Facebook page, we've got a, a picture that's very similar. The night I won the national title, all of us holding the titles through camera. It's very, it's a very uh, special thing. That's awesome. Especially to be all all national wrestling on it. Yeah, that's awesome. And to hold like an NWA title, man, that just you know it's rich in its lineage. And what does that mean to you? Uh, it's it's one of those things. You know, I tell people all the time, like. My earliest memories of life aren't of a new bike or a birthday thing or anything like that. It's just, you know, my grandmother's knees from wrestling. It's a very vivid memory. And that memory is actually watching the NWA. So, I mean, to, for me to be as um, established in National Wrestling Alliance as I am, it's just what, you know, what dreams are made of, I guess. And my first, my first championship in the business was actually the NWA Southern Junior at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of bookended, you know, as far as any regulars. And I started with NWA, and now to come as far as we have, it's, it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Well, Greg, man, anything else you got going on? No, that's it, brother. I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you can, just let me know. Oh, man, Greg, thank you so much for talking to us. We are going to take a break. We will be right back. Welcome back. City Oversell Podcast. Shortly, we're going to be joined by the commissioner of Marvel Elite Wrestling going on down there at 4050 North Watkins. 
Dustin Baker. Before we get there, we had an interesting um, question in the chat room we wanted to get to. Uh, regardless of injuries, who would fit in a modern-day evolution? This is a great question because evolution I th- evolution's one of my favorite heel stables. It was great. Because they, you know, they were booked properly and it probably because they had <laughs> Triple, Triple H, H, you know, but <laughs> Rick Flair probably didn't hurt either. Right, right. Uh, man. Modern day evolution. I think you'd have to have Seth Rollins in it. Oh, absolutely. Uh I mean, would you would you go Triple H again? No. He's more in the the Rick Flair role? No. I I th- no, because then he'd still be wrestling more. I think he could be a manager for him. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Triple H is well, a manager. You know, that's basically almost what he was when Seth Rollins was. Uh, yeah, kind of was champion. He was still he wasn't actively wrestling, he, but he was still kind of manager. So I'd, I'd have Seth Rollins in mind. You would have him in as yours oh, as well. Yeah. Let's see. You uh, the key the the thing about Evolution is they had they had the champion, they had the vet. They had the monster, and then they had the up and comer. Right. For the let's see. So I'm guessing, you know, who who would Rollins be in that in yours? To me, he'd be the champion. He'd be the champion because he's okay. already held that title. And I thought he was he had a great title reign. I mean, it sucks he was but bu- he was booked okay. as a cowardly heel, and I mean he was just playing to what he was booked. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Hey, who who anyone on jump out at you? See, I'm still going. I'm kind of going from, I guess, from old evolution. I'm going Ric Flair down, like oldest to youngest. Okay. So I'm still trying to figure out who would be a good, you know, you know, vet. You need to do something with this guy more than what he is doing. But and I could just see this guy in a big ass suit. You know, coming out and his role is the enforcer. He's just beating the shit out of people, and he has a look to do it. Rusev. Okay. Rusev. He he could be the he could the be muscle. the muscle. Be yeah. the mu- Batista type, yeah, and finally start booking him that way. Because but when I first saw Rusev, when he first came into the Royal Rumble, I think it was two or three years ago. It took six people to eliminate him. Yeah. They don't just do that for a rookie. No. I mean, they made him look like, and then of course over time. Yeah, I mean, he was undefeated for like a year. I mean, right? He got to ride a him, yeah. fucking tank into WrestleMania, <laughs> which is still like the coolest entrance. But Rusev, yeah. So I'd I'd have Seth and Rusev in mine. Okay, I can go with that. My up and comer, man. Can we? Are we allowed to reach into NXT? Yeah, it's George's question. So. George, are we allowed to are we allowed <laughs> to reach into NXT? And who would you guys be? also while we're talking about it, you guys pick uh, Tatum thirty two says he would have Cesaro in his. Yeah. That's a hell of a pick. Tatum says Balor or Corbin. Those are both yeah, great picks. Good. See, I think I don't know, Balor and he, George says we're allowed. Okay. Thank you, George. So man. You know, for a vet, I mean, if you played to his scene in the Indies, Samoa Joe. That'd be interesting. Samoa's own Rusev going for tag team titles. That's a hell of a tag team right there. Hell, what if you what if you bring back Sting for that role? To no, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. They're not gonna have Sting wouldn't be a heel. <laughs> well, if you want true heel, bring back Hogan. 
No, <laughs> no, no. Let's see. So I've got Seth. I've got. I'm gonna go ahead and say Samoa Joe. I've got Rusev. Man. You know, you want a guy like I could just for some reason I could see like Rusev when he's not in wrestling. I can see him in a suit. That's interesting. You know what I mean? And I could see like Samoa Joe them putting like a just a you know kind of like a button down shirt and slacks, not maybe a whole suit, but for him, give him that role. Because that was another thing about Evolution. They looked just like the best. Yeah. Right? I mean, they took the whole style and a profile in from, from right. Flair. Balor? I think I'll say Balor. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Are we? Are you guys not hearing us, Tatum? He says y'all there. Um, you may be talking to everybody else. Uh, George immediately thought Orton, Cesaro, Rusev, and Cruz. Ooh, that, that's good. That's good. I like that. I'm going to say Rollins. Joe, Rusev, and Balor. Mike? Hell, I don't know. Every every time I said somebody, you're like, no. Well, no. you know what? Just say who you, <laughs> say who you want in yours because that wasn't right of me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, all right, I definitely want Rollins in there. Okay. I'm thinking... Hell, he said, George said, but Balor isn't young. Well, technically, <laughs> Batista wasn't want young when he was in. Evolution. Yeah, Batista yeah. was like 34, 35 yeah, yeah, when ahead. he was a rookie. Uh, I do like Cruz yeah. as, as being the, the muscle. Yeah. Uh, that I think that's a great pick. Up-and-comer. I'm thinking Sami Zayn. I thought about Sami Zayn, but I think he's I don't just think too he really a, would. You know, if... If you're actually going by what evolution really was, and you're kind of just modeling everybody after that, he, I don't see him fitting. But if you're just going off of the roles, okay, that is going to be Dustin Baker. So we are going to take a quick break. Welcome back. To the Oversell Podcast, and joining us now is the commissioner over there at the MEW, 4050 North Watkins, every other Friday. They're off this Friday. Be sure you're there next Friday. And, you know, for a commissioner, that is some pretty badass music. <laughs> well, you know, you got to have something that's going to have authority to, uh, it's a, uh... It definitely gets the nerves and it gets that uh, that adrenaline rush, and for sure. Right. Well, how long? What get? What first got you into wrestling? What made you a fan? Well, let's see. We can go back to my childhood um, when I was born and raised in Memphis, and you know, Memphis has been a a scene for Memphis for many years. Um, it's going to continue most likely to be that way for many years to come. Um, but uh, as a child, I was a neighbor of South Jimmy Hart. And uh, being able to go over there, um, he had his, you know, his two kids, and I was, uh, his youngest was a year older than me. We would play and things like that, and that, so it's, it's kind of like it's been around me for a very long time. My dad watched Saturday morning wrestling all the time, and so being able to watch that and or 
go to the Mid-South Coliseum on Monday nights and see these guys in action. And it's just something that I've always enjoyed doing. I've always enjoyed being around. Um, and it's not just the, uh, you know, just like with about anybody else that wants to decide they want to be a part of this business, they look at it instantly, okay, I want to be famous. Uh, I want people to know who I am. Um, we me, it's more or less I just enjoy and love being a part of that. Um, at the end of the day, putting a smile on everyone's face and making it worthwhile is something that people remember. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's my ultimate goal. But um, later on in life, when I was you know teenager, going into my early twenties, I actually met uh, Visser. King Mabel, um, Nelson Frazier mm-hmm. at a um, car stereo shop. And that, uh, that's actually how I got into business. Um, just randomly walked up to him and, um, you know, just freaking out. Oh, my God, hey, it's, a, it's Nelson <laughs> Frazier. It's this, you know, all that stuff. You know, I'm, like, all excited. I'm, like, that's a big dude. Yes, yes. And, um, and at first I was a little – I was a little nervous going up to him. I was like, you know, I don't want this guy to like punch me or something because I asked him for his autograph or something. <laughs> but um, he actually was, a, he, he was a very nice, very genuine man. Um, walked up to him and um, it's like, Hey, you're, you're, you know, I'm speechless and, you know, completely like act like any normal fan would like you're, you're, you're oh my God, you know, this is so shook his hand and started talking to him and he turned around just as nice as can be and um, just chit-chatted um, just about different things. And then I, I just let into asking, I was like, so how, I said, how does somebody get into the business? How do you go about finding someone to train you or, or get you involved or whatever? And um, he goes, well, the best thing to do is to find somebody that can teach you one-on-one. And I was like, well, that's cool, you know, but do you, do you have any direction you can point me in or anything like that? And he thought about it for a second and I'll teach you. And uh, I was like, wow, okay, cool. So I um, was all excited and everything. I gave him my information and stuff. And then, you know, weeks started going by and I never heard from him. I thought, oh, this guy was just yanking my leg. But then he actually called and, uh, said that he, sorry, it took him so long to get back with me, but he finally found a ring and uh, he's interested. And you know, if I'm still interested in wanting to train, that he will be more than happy to, to get me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's how I got started. So you grew up watching Memphis wrestling, just like me and the two other guys that do this podcast. Were there any moments that you can remember from a kid that really just pulled you in? Oh, well, um, it's, there's not anything in particular. Uh, it was literally just the fact of being able to, to be there. Um, you know, and that experience that honestly that we, we can't get anymore. And, you know, when we had Monday night wrestling over there at the Coliseum, that was at its, we were at our prom and, um, just that overall experience of being a part of that. And living in that existing, you start thinking to yourself, you know, what, what would it feel like being on the other side of that? And instead of giving that energy to the entertainer or the wrestler or anybody, celebrities, whoever that would be, 
being on that opposite end and be able to receive that and see what it's like because I've learned over the years is that the more the people are involved, the more you react to it naturally and it becomes second nature to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, uh, I don't know. It's just something that it, I feel that it's, I've always just loved being around it. Uh, I can't really, you know, specify or recall one one direct thing that mm-hmm. might have done that. Um, if I were to think about it, being over at Jimmy Hart's house and being able to, um, you know, meet the abominable snowman and guys like that, and be there in that same. And uh, and I just think that was like a really cool thing. Here I am, you know, seven eight years old, being able to see these guys up close and personal. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But uh, it's just something that. It is. I mean, and and I love the fact that I can sit there and, and I can tell people that so Jimmy Hart used to be my neighbor, and then you would you would just never would think something like that, especially in the neighborhood we grew up in. Um, you know, if you're in the Bartlett area, um, I actually you know I'm born and raised in Memphis, like I said, uh, uh, right there at the the Covington Pike where all those car lots are. Um, back behind that on the east side, before you get to Sycamore View, there's a neighborhood back there, and that's where we grew up. Okay. Back over where we used to go play football. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's right there off between uh Raleigh LaGrange and um Pleasant View areas right there. Over there by the old Agape Baptist Church, right? Right, right. You know, you got there's a uh Sam's Club, there's uh all kinds of stuff over there right now. Oh, yeah. Most of it's just industrial stuff right there on um Pleasant View. Right. And then of course you got all like again, you still have all those car lots and stuff, but that's where that's where it all started. That's awesome. So you, you what what all did um you get to learn from King Mabel or Viscera? Um, you know, to be it's kinda of hard to answer that question because there's still a lot of things that I'm still learning. Right, right. Um and I'm I I you know, it, it's an it's an industry where you always learn something new and the great thing about that is you have other veterans in the business that will help critique you and show you and teach you. It's like, we need to do it this way or you need to do it that way or it's how you're saying it. You shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that or let's make this better. Right. Well, were you but, taking um, bumps with them? Do what? Were you taking bumps with them? Were, were y'all actually working? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, – he gave me my – believe it or not, I, I, my um, – all the bulldog splashes, the BDT flexes, he gave those to me, and that was a ver- that was a very hard crash course, if you would say. You know, being up so high and, and somebody so big, and you know, just being in that, uh, being in the business for the first time, and you're not really understanding the fundamentals of it just yet. So yeah, I, I mean, there was one time uh, um, I got body slammed. Don't even know how it happened. Don't even know. I don't even, even if we took a video camera, probably couldn't even go back and and review it and see how it happened. Somehow my my nose ended up in the palm of the hand, and uh, busted my nose wide open off of a body slam. I I had no idea how that even happened. Oh, oh. wow! So it's like my you know how how did my nose end up in this guy's you know in his hand? And um and he's like you know and the, he's standing on the side and he's like keep going because you can't stop in the middle of the match. If you're bleeding like that, you got to keep going. 
hearing you know, blood gushing all over the place uncontrollably. Didn't know if it was broken or not. He's like, keep going. So, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it was it was hard. I'm, I, it's something that has really really made me respect the business even more. Um, the everything and anybody that has ever been through it, anyone that's even tried it, could could witness to how hard it is to go in there and do that. And that's kind of why I took a little sideline from it is because I don't, I never really got into it to be um, wrestling on a normal basis. Uh, once I started doing a couple of shows that he actually put together or Visra put together and he actually got recontracted back to WWE right before, or he actually, no, he was still the Visra gimmick and he went in there and did the whole, um, the, the, like the sexual, uh, the simple chocolate type thing. Like yeah. he would, big love, you know, the big bed and the ring. Yeah, when he was doing um, that, he was doing, doing that stuff. Doing with, that whole thing. So when, once he went. He was doing that stuff do with that, Jillian, right? Or Lillian. Lillian, yeah. Big Daddy V. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was awesome. Yeah, right. It was before they moved. Yeah, it was before they turned him over to uh, ECW and brought him in as Big Daddy V. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, when he got recorded like that, we actually kind of just parted ways, and I got out of it for a few years. And that's where Derek King came in. Um, and uh, actually a friend of mine, it's like a friend of a friend of a friend type thing. And I started coming around a little bit more and, and got involved with, with Derek when he was helping to run the show up in Ripley, Tennessee, um, back in 2006, around that. And that's when I started getting back into it. And um, first, you know, the first few times I went up there not knowing anybody because I had been at it for a few years. I didn't, other than, of course, the people I've met before. I'd never been out there, didn't know any of his people, and I walked in one night, and Derek's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad, come here, I got, I got something for you, I was like, what, and he goes over to the uh, the commentator's table and pulls a seat out, and he goes, I need you to commentate tonight, um, okay, I'll try, because <laughs> yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know who anybody was, I'm like, you want me to start commentating and start talking and, and calling people's names out and everything. I was like, I don't know anybody, but, um, but I'm glad he did that because it sparked that interest back up. And that's in, in a nutshell, that's what landed me into the position that I'm in now. Um, this is when, uh, when I was doing it with him up there in Ripley, we were, uh, it was TLCW and you know, that's, you know, one of the Del Tucker was there. Um, yeah. Uh, golden boy, Greg Anthony, um, Picture perfect. Uh, a lot of these guys, and we got Flash Flanagan involved. He was a big time guy that came through there. Um, Tim Gron was a really big person that came through there, and we were popping. I mean, we it was standing room only. Sometimes people couldn't even get in the building. There were so many, wow. and it's just that that feeling, just like wow, this is I love this feeling again, and it just got me back into it, and so. And that's where we are today. Um, it, the, the company's changed hands a few times while we were up there in Ripley. And uh, and now we're here down in Memphis trying to grow it again and show that people are still interested and still involved in this business. And they love going and being a part of this stuff. And being out there on Friday nights and seeing these, these kids getting involved and just getting all excited and 
who they cheer and who they boo and things like that is just it's a great feeling. It really is. Whether they you know whoever they hate, if they it's me or if it's somebody else or who they like. Either way it goes, as long as they leave that building happy, that's what really matters. They <clears throat> I am a big supporter of MEW. I love getting to go out to forty fifty North Watkins. Come out there. I think it's the best wrestling show in Memphis. It seems like your fa- your faces connect and your heels get heat. I mean, you got guys like Del Tucker. You got guys like Tattoo. I think his his heel run is actually he's starting really to get more into the character, and it's just it's a, a great group of wrestlers down there. I think the roster is just fantastic, man. I I'm glad you came on and talked to us because I, I had to let someone know I really enjoy that show. I mean, we, I appreciate it, you know, and, and I really appreciate the offer to be on, on this show and the fact that you're noticing other people and growing it and letting them have opportunities to talk about their skills or their experiences and their history, you know, um, when you had Del Tucker on here talking about his stuff, you know, it's just, it's a great opportunity to keep it growing. And literally, you know, two years ago, we actually, our second show that we did, we were still trying to do it up near Dyersburg. And we had, you know, we did all this advertising, try to do word of mouth and everything. And, and it's like, hey, yeah, we're going to have um, uh, WWE Hall of Famer coming in here, um, Coco Beware. And um, all of a sudden, you know, he, you know, everyone shows up, all the people for the show, as far as uh, the wrestlers go, everyone's there. Um, Coco Beware is there. Not a single fan showed up. Oh. And um, <laughs> we're like, wow, this is, uh, this is literally, you know, the only the second show we've done. The first one, I went out there and, you know, I did the whole, um, started out with uh, commentating um, with uh, Rick the Stick. And we were in there, and the two of us, we feed off each other really well. Um, and Mark Tipton, when he was commentating, the uh, I was able to work and feed with these these guys really really well and um but anyway i went up there of course i got all picked off and everything and went in there and was like i can't believe you know all this money's being invested in this this show is like you know you call yourself the elite and um i was like i can't believe you know this is nothing but trash this is not what i paid for so instantly making people hate me and um but that was the first night we did a show up there and it was a very very good turnout but that second one I don't know if it was just because it was during the school week or if it was during some other event that might be going on. It was close to Halloween, but, uh, but no one showed up. And then um, we moved downtown Memphis off of Danny Thomas uh, to a big arena, and it was an Asian, rather, and we had a really good turnout for those, and that lasted for quite a while. And then that's how we moved from there, and, went, and we've been at uh, 4050 North Watkins for almost for over a year almost two years now and um it's been really it's been really good and it's growing and you know the fact that we've got you know uh, alan Steele involved Derek king um again del tucker you got tattoo reno diamond chris likes is really starting to take off and you know he's been in this business for a very long time but it's like i don't know like a page has flipped a new chapter in his life and it's just all over the place and getting more and more recognition 
Um, now we even got Dustin Starr coming in, that, um, and yeah. he's all over the place. He's his face is being well known everywhere now, and and it's exciting. Well, and it it, it really is. Yeah, getting Dustin Starr to me is so huge for MEW because you know he's on that he's on Memphis TV. Yeah, local Memphis. Twice, yeah. two, three times mm-hmm. a week. He's got the radio show with Kevin Cerrito every Saturday. I mean, he is a promotional machine. He comes there, wins the MEW Supreme Heavyweight Championship, and next week you see him on TV holding that belt, and it's just the advertising there is great. Oh, and yeah. I'm a big Dustin five-star guy, and when I heard he was in MEW, I got extremely excited. Oh, yeah, you know, and it was just a matter of time. You know, you, there's a lot of guys, other guys that I've worked with, and um, just wondering, you know, what is it going to take to to get these guys to come in and say, hey, you know, this is a legitimate thing. We are growing. It's not one of these promotions that are going to be here one day and on the next because I hear every day about how there's bad promotions and it just runs things into the dirt and it gives these shows and events bad names and adaptations. And that's the biggest thing that we strive not to do. We want to be the complete opposite and be able to grow that. And now you've got MEW partnering up with Lucha Libre style wrestling, you know, and, and being able to combine two majorly different styles of wrestling, but yet still be able to combine those two and make one powerhouse show mm-hmm. is amazing. And the fact that, you know, we're doing it again, this will be the, third time we're going in uh, and then you have mew being involved with the memphis grizzlies yep um it's just it really is an amazing thing to see how well this has taken off yeah and some of the stars coming in for this next lucha libre show i mean you've got sexy star you've got tejano coming in um i think phantasm jr Right, I mean, those are right now they are killing it in Lucha Underground, and now you can come out to I believe that show is that out off Ridgeway, the Lucha Libre shows. Yes, I mean, yeah, you get to ki- yeah, that, that's uh, it's right there. Go ahead. go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was gonna say I was just agreeing. Yeah, that's where that's where they're at is over off of Ridgeway. I mean, that's those are those Lucha Underground guys. That, I mean. Sexy Star is one of the faces of Lucha Underground. Tejano is in a uh, gimmick right now or in, in a uh, an angle right now with Chavo Guerrero. I mean, that's to, and these guys are going to come wrestle for MEW here in Memphis, Tennessee. That is just huge for this company, yeah. and I'm really glad it's happening because, you know, Memphis wrestling. Memphis has always been a staple in wrestling, and people don't think it's still out. No, it's out there. You've got MEW. You've got Wildfire Wrestling. Go up to Dyersburg. You got NWA Mid South. Go up to Selmer. You've got SPWA. They're still wrestling. You just have to find it. There's SGWA out in South Haven, Mississippi. I mean, it, 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 Memphis wrestling is not dead by any means. No, it's not, and it, it's literally all about dedication and sticking with it, even through the rough times. And I, a lot of times, if you know, if you have a you know, and where it's kind of dry and people don't show up, I think that's one of the reasons why things haven't continued is because you just easily give it up. It's like, oh, it's just not working. It's not being what we wanted to do. But if you fight through that hump and you really get those names out and get those get that out, then it's definitely something that will will help in the long run. I remember um, it was last year, it was a year before, I was able to get MEW on local ABC 24. It was myself, Tattoo, and Chris Lex. 
mm-hmm. and we were promoting the Emmy Day show, and it was going on back to school, you know, saying we're giving back to the community. It's first few students that are, or the kids that come in, they get a free pack full of school supplies and things of that nature. Then you have later on going in and doing charity shows and helping other kids that have cancer and things like that. It's just, that's why I love being a part of this business is because you can get out there and do that stuff. And then, and the fact that so many other people respect that. And it's just, uh, it's an overall good feeling. And you know, part of me, my whole life is always, what can I do better for the next person that, you know, instead of trying to do for myself and being in this business, I feel that I can hand that out to multiple people and not just have to worry about one. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how much other wrestling do you get to watch, you know, other than the weekly, uh, the biweekly uh, MEW show? How much do I get to watch? Yeah. How much wrestling are you watching? Oh, wow. I watch about three, I probably about three uh, ones a week. Um, I try to get in there and, and watch what I can when it's when it's there. I'd have a, a busy life. So as a matter of fact, I'm actually in uh, in uh, right outside of Des Moines, Iowa, right now as we're talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just trying to get that get other things outside of wrestling in my own personal life and get that back in order. Right. So I can definitely, you know, make time to do these things. Yes, and we thank you for taking out, taking some time out and talking to us. Um, do you get to watch, like, uh, what are – I'm pretty sure you watch the WWE when you can, but are there any other companies you get to watch? Um, I, I follow TCW for a little bit. Um, you know, I've I've always been a big supporter of uh, Golden Boy Greg Anthony. Um, I've learned a lot from him, and he's, a, he's definitely a – He's he's like he's a one of a kind. He's just a, he's an encyclopedia of everything, and um, knowing what he's capable of doing and the things that he's been through and the people that he has actually been in the ring with and uh, everything else, getting compliments from him it means the world to me. And um, you know he was saying that there's things that I was able to do up in Ripley, Tennessee that is a very hard role to pull it off. And I was able to do that. And that's the whole being a commissioner, but still being a baby face at the same time and still maintain that order. Mm-hmm. And I, he said that I did it in a certain way over there in Ripley that it, it worked, it flowed. It was really good because actually the two of us had a, a history with each other where we just constantly fed off of each other. You, you know, it's actually, and, uh, oh, and, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just, you, you go ahead. Well, it's actually funny you brought him up because right before we got right before we started talking to you, we actually were talking to Golden Boy Greg Anthony. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That is that is. He's doing something now. Where ironic. He, he he's doing something now where he wants to try to do a podcast a week to try to you know self promote himself, which you know is the right thing to do because I mean, and I'm not trying to brag on ourselves. This podcast. It's crazy when we look at some of where our downloads are. Like, um, oh yeah, a Dustin Star episode had <clears throat> had seven ep- downloads in Slo- Slovakia. Yeah, <laughs> we see it downloads in Spain and oh, wow. uh, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany. Germany. It's just, and so it's uh, hopefully as these folks getting to learn some more of these independent wrestlers, and who knows, maybe a promoter overseas is listening and would like to bring them over sometime so and i'm not trying to toot our own horn that's just it's know. still it's still well, big I mean, for it's, us uh, you know, 
you can you can take it to any level or any degree that you would like in a positive light and that it's definitely the the podcast industry has has taken the world by storm of getting um information out there without having to listen or wait the news and stuff of that nature right you can get it instantly and you know to be honest with you that's you know you got that new show that's coming out on the wwe network about you know independent scenes I mean, that right there alone is seeing that people high up all over are seeing the potential and the, um, in a sense, the unmarketed talent that could easily go into there and make that next step up. And it's just, it's, a, it's you know, technology is a curse, but it's a blessing as well. Um, you know, and it's just, it really can, you can find that diamond rough and not even, you know, realize it because, you know, you, if you didn't have this technology, just pass it on up. And now that you do, you sit there and you're like, wow, okay, this person's got potential. I'm going to go look. Or I'm going to hear from them or, or whatever the case is. And then you see them like, okay, I'm going to mold this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then people are, are starting to get known. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like with Bell Tucker, you know, he's, he's another name out there that's getting a lot of recognition from, from the first time I met him, uh, to uh, where he is today is a huge night and day difference. Mm-hmm. He's always been a talented person, always talented. And the where he was when he was, you know, 10 years ago to where he is today, unbelievable, unbelievable improvement. You know, it's uh, Austin Lane helped us get Del Tucker on this podcast, and when he gave him his number – like having never met Dale and only seen his character in the ring, I was legit like nervous about uh, texting the guy. Like, man, I don't, I don't want to upset Dale Tucker. I don't want to upset <laughs> Dale Tucker. I don't want to. I, I swear to you, that was my thought. Like, man, don't don't be you know don't be weird, Derek. Don't be weird. Don't tick him off because he will kill you. Um, but man, it, <laughs> after seeing him in the it, ring. It's, it's- I was exactly, you know, it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing when you talk to, you know, funny story is that back when I was still getting to, to get to know most of these guys and you had uh, poker face and Dustin star, um, flash Flanagan, all, you know, uh, Tim Grind, uh, all these guys up in Ripley and I'm still just trying to get to know everybody and find my rhythm while I'm commentating. And, um, they went through so many different transformations. It was unreal. But where our commentator table was at this one particular time was literally in front of the ring, pushed up against it. And I had to go in there and I had to DJ the music, commentate and ring announce the whole entire event. And, um, and this is back when we had the portable CD player and we had to take out the CDs individually and play it and then turn the volume down as the guys were coming into the ring and everything. There was a guy that came out and, um, he was behind me and uh, of course, you know, Dustin Starr doing his thing. And um, I believe it was, uh, it was uh poker faces who he was, who he was facing, but uh, Dustin Starr was still in the ring. And uh, this guy takes this microphone out of my hand and he starts yelling and screaming in the microphone, interacting with the, with the wrestlers. And I'm just standing there kind of like, Oh my God, what's going to ha- What's going on? You know, what am I going to do, do now? <laughs> and as I'm trying to get the microphone back from his hand, I do. I, I just feel nothing but a huge, it's like a big, almost like a baseball bat hitting me in the back. And it was done. And start kicking me, telling me, hey, get the microphone in. 
So, you know, I, I completely understand as far as you don't want to step on someone's toes because, believe it or not, I, you know, he was livid. I heard it at the end. It's like, don't ever let people do that. Uh, um, I've had steel chairs of cans thrown at me because that's from Tarek King because I messed up. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, not making, or, you know, kidding. You know, it was a funny story is that he, we were setting up his big main event. It was a barbed wire match. It was a uh, Dustin star versus, um, oh, who was that? It was, uh, it was, I want to have a picture. Perfect. Um, my mind's gone blank. Um, anyway, it was, a, it was in the main event, and uh, mm. it was uh, Chris. It was supposed to be his music, and uh, I went and in the ring, and Derek told me, he's like, hey, you know, when I give you the cue, go uh, tell him to play his music. So I go in, and he tells me, I go to the back, and I was saying, hey, he goes, uh, Derek goes, tell Tattoo to play his music. Back in there, and he's like, key to music. I go, like, I did. Went back there, I said, Tattoo's music. <laughs> what? I said, play Tattoo's music, and it was completely wrong. Because I heard, <laughs> what I heard was, play Tattoo's music. But then it dawned me, like, why would I play his music when he has nothing to do with this match? That's how the trash can got thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, that is... <laughs> That and is. I was like, is it? and I was like, dude, he told me to say tell Tattoo to play his music, but um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was a funny story, and you know, I, you know, that's how we learn. You know, we we're gonna do, we're gonna screw things up, but you know, how can we get better if we don't do that? Absolutely right. Absolutely, Absolutely right. Well, uh, do you do you do you have the WWE Network? Yes, I do. All right, I, I I like to ask this just because, like you know, when that first when the network first started, there was so much, there's an abundance of content, and I I, I like to ask folks seldomly, um, what was the first thing you watched the night you got the WWE Network? Oh wow, um, first thing that I watched on that was probably one of the Monday Night Wars between WWE and WCW. The the uh, the idea to get the network of course was to do the pay per view, but since I had already ordered it before the paper the day of that pay per view, um, I was just like, okay, let's see what all's on here. Then I started seeing some of the old stuff of watching WCW and um, uh, the WWE wars and seeing the highlights as far as what at the time what was making WCW successful and what was making WWE successful. And of course, at that particular time in my life, I was WCW all the way. Um, <laughs> I, I completely went into that, that whole entire area and direction and, you know, big Goldberg fan and got into the whole, that whole thing. Uh, loved the whole NWO stuff when it first came out, but then, Toward the end, of course, you know, it was a demise of its own. But yep. uh, going horrible. back and watching it over again is and learning and seeing, okay, well, it starts slowly just going, getting worse and worse and worse. But, yeah, that, to answer your question, that's probably what it was that was the first thing I watched. You know, it's funny you mentioned the NWO because the first thing I watched was Bash at the Beach 
And I, I had to fast forward all the way through the main event to see Hogan come out and drop a leg <laughs> on <laughs> Macho Man, Man Savage in the middle of this ring. You know, because I remember watching that as when I, I, in '96 I was a freshman in high school, and at that point in my life, Hogan was just you know, red and yellow. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, eat your vitamins. and then. And then he did that, and I'm like, what is going on? And I thought it was just the craziest damn thing that they had ever done. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it was – I mean, you you saw how – and then you see this complete curveball being thrown at you, and you literally think that you are going to see all these people – rush the ring and riot because of what he did and you know you start seeing all those cups and trash and all kinds of things being thrown in the ring i mean it was the it, it was the literally that big it was all it did that fire was already there you know if mm-hmm. the, the the coals were hot fire was there because of kevin ash and scott hall really steaming things up and then all of a sudden that lighter fluid came on when hogan did that I mean, it just shot into flames, and it just sparked a whole, uh, a whole, whole new generation of what we see as wrestling, and because that's never been done. Right. Um, you know, we always knew Hogan as the guy that, you know, always the kids always look up to him. You know, he's always the good guy, and um, and then when he did that, it was just like everyone. I mean. You could probably almost compare their fa- the facial expressions from that to the Undertaker losing in WrestleMania. Yep, the whole exactly. shot. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? What happened? I, I just can't. I can't believe it. So what's going on new out there at MEW over in Forty Fifty North Watkins? I you know we're just getting you know trying to do to continue to do the same thing that we're doing and that's grow this business. Um, I'm interested when I get back into town to see what's going on. And I've been, I've been away for the last two shows uh, on business and I've kept up to see what's going on. Um, again, you mentioned the, uh, the exchange of titles with uh, Dustin Starr and Chris Lex, um, finding out what's going on uh, with this whole nation of strange thing. Oh, yeah. You know, what's, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. Uh then you've got Tattoo still, you know, even though he's a part of this group and he's still he's over there running amok and um, not being professional about his actions at all, going in there and and, and figure out what that what's going on, where what is this what is this all really about? Go go down there and narrow that down and start restoring order. Um, outside of that, is to continue to grow MEW to continue to get that name out there let other people see that Memphis wrestling is alive and it's strong um, and be able to go in and, and, and merge with other organizations. I'm, that's, that's the, that's the whole thing about MEW is the open door policy. Any other person from any other organizations welcome to come in and compete with any of our elite superstars. That's all most about this. It's, it's, I mean, again, that's plain as day. It's how full deck came in. You know, uh, Dustin Starr coming in, the uh, being able to is, expand with that and keep growing. You know, I would love to be able to have a bigger building to fit more people in there and run a show 
like uh, you know, and have everything that Wildfire Wrestling has in a bigger style. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to combine and work with these guys and, and do so much more. I mean, there's so much potential there. It is. It just we have to stay focused and see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I'm glad you brought up Full Deck because the first time I went out to MEW, um, their Full Deck was doing a gimmick, uh, was doing an angle against uh, uh, Diamond Inc. and um, Brandon Myers. That's right, isn't it? The announcer? Yeah. Okay. But they were doing this, and I saw these guys come out, and they kind of took over the commentating booth, and I don't know. Explain to me why I was drawn to them. What is What, how, what makes Full Deck such a, a, such a draw? They have that, I just don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do, and it doesn't matter how it gets done. You know, they carry that, um, I don't know, it's part of a charisma that they have, but in a different aspect. Um, the, the, in a nutshell, it's confidence. Yes. You know, and I can't take that away from them. Those two guys extremely confident in what they do, which makes them a very powerful tag team. And it's just, um, you know, I'm actually kind of starting to get a loss of words because of that, you know, and it's just, that's literally their strongest point in being able to walk out there, not a, you know, if you like me, you like me, if you don't, you don't. And it's amazing how all of a sudden that they come in and just boo, they're hated. Now you got people cheering for them. Yeah, and uh, it, it always turns you, you you hate this guy, but then you turn around and you you love to hate, or you hate to love the guy that you hate, and you go on back and forth, back and forth, and you know stuff like that. You know, but they are a I can't take anything away from those two guys. They they are good. You mean that that whole roster is impressive at MEW? If you can, please head out to forty fifty Northwalk and see full deck. See DNA, man. That DNA entrance is something else, man. The first time I saw it, I had to sit down because I started laughing so much. Um, I'm but, looking forward to Nation of Strange. Nation, yeah, the Nation of Strange is awesome. I'm a Del Tucker guy. Yeah, I, I'm sold on him completely. Oh, uh, you, you've got Nation of Strange. You got I mean, Reno. Di- okay. you, know, you, you commented on on the music earlier about being with the entrance music. You know, his is a pretty kick. It's a pretty kick-ass entrance music oh, yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and, um, and this moment of, is an awesome band. So. And and you've got other guys like Damone Salavino, who's now the MEW TV title champion. Duke Warfield is over there. I mean, it's just that roster yep. from top to bottom is just it's just great. And, you, know, and, and, you know, it just that's the whole. That is exactly what we push and what we strive for we want that what you're saying we want that in every person's mind to where they come out there week after week you know show after show event after event however you want to word it we want people to leave just have that in their mind oh my god there was not a single dull moment at all and that's what makes or breaks it makes or breaks the company. If we can't get the people to feel that particular uh, that feeling 
every time they leave that arena, then we're not doing something right. And that's that's the goal, and that's what we have to set forth. Because, I mean, in the end of the day, it's still a business, but in order to maintain that, we still have to give back to the people. And we want to make sure that at that very moment and at that very time, as soon as they start, you know, they, as soon as that slack gets almost to the very end of that string, that kite's about to fly off, you tighten it up really quick and you draw them and you bring them right back in. You're like, oh, my God. Absolutely. That's what makes a great show. Uh, Brandon Myers. It's, he reminds me so much of Corey Macklin with his voice. And he is a, <laughs> I mean, and he is an awesome, and it's just another great thing you have at MEW. Mm-hmm. It, the whole package, everything. Oh, he's, he's, he's great on the mic. He does a good, he does a very good job keeping the people involved and entertained. Um, you know, and it's just, he, he carries that charisma with himself. He's one of the guys that, I worked with when I was training down on third street as well. So these guys I've known for a long time, um, you know, again, like Reno diamond, precious Brandon, um, all those guys were down there. And, you know, I think Reno was like, uh, 17, 16 years old, already doing Sonton bomb off the top rope. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's going somewhere. You know, I'm just impressed when he's so young, but you're already doing these things. And I'm like, that is, you know, it just, it, it amazed me. It really did amaze me. And I'm, you know, they're in there and here I am walking out and I've got, you know, cuts and bruises and I'm walking with a limp and everything else. I'm like, I'm going to get there one day. <laughs> one day. Well, but, man, uh, well, you're right. You know, and all we can do is just grow. Yep. And I think y'all are doing a great and getting, uh, Getting Dustin Star. As soon as I saw that announcement, I'm like, "That this is going to be huge for you guys," and I'm really happy. Um, I'm going to try to get to that Memphis Grizzly game just so I can maybe get a huge pow chant started <laughs> right there at FedEx Forum. <laughs> but man, Dustin, man, this has been a fun interview. Had a great time talking to you. Um, you've Thank got you. when do you, you've got what MEW next Friday? Correct. And they got the, uh, and you also have the Lucha show coming up right after that. I think it's the uh, the 13th. It's a Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, where can um, and we're going to have that, and that's going to be the one over on Ridgeway. Yes. So sir. that's another show that's going to be printed up. And that's the one that's going to have all the Lucha Underground stars. So. El Mercadito. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, where can yeah. folks find you on social media? Uh, just look up Dustin Higginbotham on Facebook. Awesome. Well, Dustin, man, thank you so much. It's been a great interview. Thank you for I know you're busy out of work or out of town for work. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking to us, man. And uh, we'll see you next week out at MEW. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Talk to you later, thank Dustin. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Becky Lucha's orange hair and it's really cool and she's the best wrestler in the WWE next to Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, welcome back <laughs> to the Upper Self Podcast. That was an ode to Becky, but you basically said she was only third best. Well, you know, she's the the Divas Revolution is finally somewhat taking off. You know, it's going to be it's triple threat at Mania, I think. Charlotte oh, got to be. Yeah, there's, there's no way around that now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, great interview. Thank you, Dustin, again, Dustin Baker, yeah, yeah. the commissioner over at MEW. Um, you know, told a lot of great stories. Just a fun interview. I like yeah. talking to the guy. I'm um, sure we'll have him back. <clears throat> yep. And I like the fact that he, you know, it was funny that he brought up Golden Boy and had a lot of praise for him. He's like, well, we just got done talking yeah. to Golden Boy. Sorry we didn't work that out better. <laughs> but, uh, Mike, we got our Memphis wrestling moment here. I believe we do. Take us away back into the 80s. Actually, this is 79. 79. Take us back to the late 70s. All right. March 4th, 1979. Uh, it's. I don't see an attendance. Oh, no, no. Here it goes. Mid-South Coliseum before 6,019. <laughs> <laughs> 6,000 people. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll start from the bottom. The Destroyer versus Coco Ware. Nice. Danny Davis versus Buzz Sawyer. Robert Gibson versus Dennis Condry. The Assassins versus Tommy Gilbert and Mike Stallings. Tony Charles versus Don Carson. These are like huge matches. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean just huge cards overall. Uh the Stomper versus Jimmy Golden in a special challenge match. Southern Tag Team Championship match, Bill Dundee and Robert Fuller versus Professor Tanaka and Austin Idol. Nice. And the main event is a $20,000 two-ring triple chance battle royal. Good Lord. That sounds impressive. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Uh, The results, Professor Tanaka and Austin Idol defeated Southern Tag Champs Robert Fuller and Bill Dundee, but the champions retained their title since the decision was by disqualification. And Dundee and Idol won the triple chance battle royal, beating the Assassins. And I don't know, apparently that's all it said about that. It didn't tell any of the results for anything else. Hmm. So maybe I should have read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, 6,019 people, though, right? Yeah. So if you want to know what happened, ask those 6,019 people. Yeah, we'll we'll get a list for you. Um, that's all I got for this week. Uh, let's do... I, I, want, I want to go back uh, go since ahead. I didn't get to finish my... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've had time to think about it now, and it's very odd grouping. But this is what I'm going with. Lawler as the vet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you know he can play a good heel. Yeah. Now is he going to do his goofy heel or serious? Now I'm thinking this is more of the serious. Like when he was a heel against ECW type? Right. Yeah. There's not really going to be much goof to it now. (laughs) Uh, Seth Rollins is your, your current champ Cruz as the the muscle and this is my pick so we're just going complete fantasy Dustin Five Star is the up and comer oh Dustin Five (laughs) Star as the up and comer that (laughs) I mean he's been around for quite some time but if it was in WWE right he'd be the up and comer Dustin's such an awesome guy yeah and I'm really happy um, that, you know, it seems to be like things are starting to blow up for him. You know, yeah. he's, he's on TV, local TV. He's got the radio show with Kevin Cerrito on Sports 56. He's a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, he's a, he is everywhere. <laughs> and you know who's benefiting from that? 
Marvel Elite Wrestling out at 4050 North Watkins. Yeah. Well, folks, that's all we have for this week. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, Mike, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? I'm going Dean Ambrose this week. Oh, okay. He he put in some work and took a whole lot of beatings. Yeah, <laughs> and he got his face stepped on. But he, he got his title shot granted. So, Dean Ambrose is your Superstar of the Week. Folks in the chat room, uh, go ahead and give your Superstar of the Week. I know who my Superstar of the Week would be. You've got a minute before I can shut the chat room down, so type it quickly. <laughs> my Superstar of the Week is the... And it, and it seems like I'm starting to give it to this guy every week, but the MBW Supreme Heavyweight Champion, <laughs> Dustin Five-Star. I figure that's where you're going. That's why I kind of threw hey, it out there and mentioned and it first. Speaking of Dustin Five Star, we're going to recording be recording Tuesday of next week, and we're going to be joined by the other half of the power couple, Maria Star. Hell yeah! So, folks in the chat room, you got 25 seconds before the uh, timer runs out because I'm cheap and won't pay the full ten dollars <laughs> a month for. Uh, 15, uh, 15, 14, 13. But if you oh, listen. Oh, George has a good superstar of the week, Prince Puma. All right. You got five, four, three. Tatum, you got a superstar of the week. Oh. <laughs> I think the chat room stays active. Yeah, it probably does. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. The easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on iTunes. If you do, anytime we release a new episode, it is automatically updated to your phone. Other, other than that, uh, Tuesday, Maria Star. Uh, this Friday, me and du- du- me and Dan, <laughs> I forget. I keep wanting to say Dustin. Uh, me and Dan are going to be out at SGWA out at South Haven, Mississippi. The show run by our interview last week, Randy Hales. Uh, Bill Dundee is going to be out there. Guess who else is wrestling? Chris Lex. All right. Chris Lex and Derek <laughs> King. Yes. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, another way, if if they want to uh, keep that mixer going, they should go to Overshell Podcast and click on the Amazon link. Buy some stuff. Because then that will generate money for the show and we won't have to be as cheap. It's no ed- extra fees. There's no hidden fees. There's no nothing like that. Look at Mike becoming the marketing genius of this <laughs> podcast. Thinking. Uh, Go to oversellpodcast.com while you're shopping. You can open that link in a new tab. You can keep listening to all the episodes we have available for this show. We're getting close to right up on a year. Yeah. Uh, episode 40, we did 45 today. Uh, 52 is in a ye- week. 52 weeks in a year. We're almost there. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's a hell of a And we're actually like one or two weeks shy of that, actually, because I know we missed one week. Yeah, and... there's. I think that's it. We just missed the one week three. Well, that, and I know there was a week, you know, around Christmas time or something like that when none of us could really get together for well, yeah, it. Yeah, well, well, we yeah. weren't going to get together on Christmas. So. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but we're getting close to one year as a podcast, which folks that are listening, thank you so much. And please be sure you're following us on Twitter at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast, Oversell Podcast.com. Check out the Amazon link while you're there. Shop, shop, shop. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We're going to go out on another wrestler's entrance theme. Thank you for listening. This is the Oversell Podcast. Blue pants. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da